You're listening to the KCAC Beat. Now, introducing your host, Mark Hoffheinz. Welcome to another edition of the KCAC Beat. I am Mark Hoffheinz. I am the Assistant Commissioner for Sports Information and Communications for the Kansas Collegiate Athletic Conference. In this episode, we'll take a look back at men's basketball results from over the weekend and take a look at the matchups early on this week. But first, we'll take a look back at our weekend scoreboard. This is the KCAC Scoreboard. We'll take a look back at our weekend scoreboard first and kind of just a heads up. When we're in our non-conference schedule like we are now and we have, let's see, like 18 games to cover, uh, looking back at our weekend scoreboard, may just look at some highlights here and there when we get into conference play. Um, and it's a smaller number of games. We may break down statistics a little bit more. But in these non-conference matchups, we got so many on the same weekend. Uh, we're just going to go over some basic statistics in each game. But looking first on Thursday, we had three games. The first was Baker at St. Mary. Baker wins this one, 83-70. to 70. Uh, St. Mary's actually up by 10 after the first half, but then Baker comes out and outscores the Spires by 23 in the second half to earn a 13-point win. Looking at some team statistics, uh, Baker led the two teams in field goal percentage, 48.2 compared to 43.3 for the Spires. Uh, Baker also shooting better from three-point percentage. compared to 31.6% for St. Mary. Um, And Baker also taking care of the ball better. Only six turnovers compared to 12 for the Spires. Another key key team statistic, um, Baker, 34 rebounds compared to 30 for the Spires. Looking at some key players for St. Mary in this matchup. Spires had three players in double figures. Joey Schultz had 15 points. Uh, Deshaun St. Martin had 16 points to lead the team, and Braylon Duncan had 10 points. St. Martin, as I mentioned, 16 points to lead the team. Also had eight rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Uh, Joey Schultz, with his 15 points, also had three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And Braylon Duncan, 10 points. Uh, he also had three rebounds on the day, two assists, and a steal. Okay, our next matchup. Central Methodist against Friends. Central Methodist wins this one, 107 to 88. Uh, Central Methodist outscoring the Falcons in both the first and second halves. Uh, Central Methodist scoring 50 plus in each half. Looking at some team statistics, uh, Central Methodist really good day shooting the ball. Would explain the, the big gap in scoring. Central Methodist 64.2 percent from the field. Uh, Friends. Not a terrible day shooting, but just Central Methodist was was on fire. Uh, Friends shot 47.1% from the field. Central Methodist shot 50% from the three-point line compared to Friends, 30.4%. Uh, Central Methodist out-rebounded Friends by seven. Uh, the one team statistic where Falcons did lead was turnovers. Friends only turns over the ball nine times compared to 13 for Central Methodist. Looking at some key players for the Falcons on the day. Uh, let's see. Ian Connick leads the team in points with 23. In 31 minutes, he was 9 of 19 from the field, 5 of 13 from 3. He also had 3 rebounds on the day, 2 assists, and 2 steals. Uh, Al Emmer Lahu 
was the second leading scorer in the day for the Falcons. 21 points in only 25 minutes off the bench. 8 of 11 from the field. 1 of 2 from 3. 4 of 6 from the free throw line. Uh, let's see. Some other double-digit scores for the Falcons. Markel Hood had 19 points. And Keon Hutton had 10 points on the day for France. Final matchup we'll take a look at on Thursday was a, a, a matchup of two nationally recognized teams. Number four, Oklahoma Westland played Mid-American Nazarene, who is receiving votes in the uh, preseason NAI coaches poll. Game lived up to the hype and lived up to the rankings. Oklahoma Westland wins this one, a tight game, 72 to 70 over Mid-American Nazarene. Looking at some team statistics, uh, Oklahoma Westland shot the ball better from the field, 46.3% compared to 41.5% for Mid-American Nazarene. Uh, Mid-America did lead the two teams in three-point percentage, 33.3% compared to 27.3% for Oklahoma Westland. Eagles did out-rebound Mid-American Nazarene 42 to 36. And uh, kind of is where you see the the difference in scoring and how Oklahoma Westland won this one. The Eagles are actually down by three going into halftime, but outscored Mid-American Nazarene by five in the second half during the victory. Some key players for Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, Caleb Stokes led the team with 24 points. Also had six rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. So a good all-around game from him. Uh, Jaden Litsky, 14 points and 11 rebounds for a double-double there. Also had three assists, uh, one steal, one block. And then Dylan Phillip joined those two in double-digit scoring. He had 10 points on the day, seven rebounds, and one assist. Moving on to Friday, we had seven games. The first one we'll take a look at is Ottawa Hastings. Hastings wins this one big, 87-51. to 51. Some team statistics, Ottawa just is not a great day shooting. 31.7% uh, from the field compared to Hastings, 52.4%. Uh, Braves only shooting a little over 13% from three-point. Uh, Hastings shot 46.2% from the three-point line. And Hastings had a pretty big rebounding margin. 45 rebounds pulled down compared to only 28 for the Braves. Looking at some key players for Ottawa. See, Ian Moore led the team in scoring out the bench with 11 points in 22 minutes. Uh, as far as starters go, Tristan Hull led the team starters in points with six. And as I said, kind of mentioned a rough shooting day for uh for Ottawa. Some other good performances, though. Emil Fields in only 19 minutes had six points and seven rebounds, so making his presence known in a limited amount of time. Uh, but that'll probably do it for Ottawa versus Hastings game. This one just really goes in Hastings' favor. Now looking at our next matchup, Central Methodist at Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, on Friday, Oklahoma Wesleyan wins this one by 11, 85 to 74. Oakland Wesleyan jumping out to a big lead in the first half, uh, up by 18 at halftime. Then they kind of coast to an 11-point victory there. Eagles shot pretty well from the field, 54% compared to 43.1% for Central Methodist. Uh, Oakland Wesleyan also leads the team in these two teams in three-point percentage and then uh, rebounding as well. So all those team statistics going the Eagles' way. Looking at who did well in the day for... Oakland Wesleyan, Brandon Bird led the team in scoring with 22 points. Also had six rebounds, three steals, and an assist in only 28 minutes. Uh, Jaden Litsky had 19 points and seven rebounds. Caleb Stokes had 12 points, six rebounds, and a steal on the day. 
And then I think that was it as far as double-digit scores go for Oklahoma Wesleyan. Next game we'll take a look at is Bethany at Dome. Swedes win this one 67-55, to 55, one of the key areas that it looks like Bethany took care of business was in defense in the first half, holding Doan to only 17 points in the first half. That helps Bethany jump out to a 19-point halftime lead. And even though Doan outscored Bethany in the second half, Swedes had a big enough of an advantage that didn't really matter, and Bethany still won by 12. We got some team statistics. Uh, teams fairly even as far as field goal percentage. Doan actually shot the ball better, 41% compared to 38.6% for Bethany. Swedes shot better from the three-point line, though, 36.8% compared to 17.4% for Doan. And Bethany did out-rebound Doan by eight. Uh, Looking at some individuals on the day that did well for Bethany. Justin Brookins led the team in scoring with 17 points, also had three rebounds, two assists, and two steals on the day. Uh, Solomon Clayton, I think he's all-KCAC preseason team, if I can remember. Uh, 16 points on the day, six rebounds, two steals, and an assist on the day. And that was it for double-digit scores for the Swedes. Next matchup we'll take a look at is York at Midland. This game went into overtime. Midland does take this one, though, 92-87, to outscoring the Panthers by five in that overtime period. Looking at some team statistics... Teams relatively even on field goal percentage, 43.3% for York. Actually out shooting Midland, 41.6% for the Warriors. Uh, Three-point percentage, again, not a a huge gap. York actually shooting better from the three-point line, 41.7% compared to 38.9% for Midland. Panthers out-rebound the Warriors by five. One area where York did struggle was turnovers. They had 19 compared to 17 for Midland. Um, some key players for York on the day. They had four players in double figures. Isaiah King led the team in scoring off the bench, 18 points, only 25 minutes. Four of nine from the field, three of four from three, and seven of seven from the free throw line. Also had seven rebounds as an assist and a steal on the day. And then Andrew Bennett, one of the starters, 11 points on the day, uh, four rebounds, five blocks on the day, so a great defensive game from him. And then Brent Clark and Eric Talton both had 10 points for York on the day. Next game we'll take a look at is France taking on Mid-American Nazarene. I uh, believe we already talked about them receiving votes in the NAI preseason coaches poll. Mid-American Nazarene wins this one by 15, 76 to 61. Some team statistics. France actually shot the ball better when comparing the two teams from the field. compared to 41.7% for Mid-American Nazarene. Uh, Mid-American Nazarene does shoot the ball better from three, 28% compared to 20% for friends. Mid-American Nazarene also wins the rebound and turnover battles. Uh, Mid-American Nazarene out-rebounding friends by seven and only turning over the ball nine times compared to 17 turnovers for the Falcons. Some key players on the day for friends. They had two players in double digits, 14 points for Ian Connick. Uh, He also had two assists and two rebounds on the day. Christian Williams, 13 points in 23 minutes, 5-11 from the field, 2-6 from three. Also had a rebound and an assist on the day. Um, Tim Barbieri, good defensive game. Only had six points, but had two blocks and six rebounds, four of those on the defensive end. Steve Stako also had a good day as far as rebounding goes. 
only six points, but pulls down 10 rebounds, eight of those on the defensive end. So a couple standouts defensively for friends there. Next time matchup we'll take a look at is Tabor at Concordia, who's also receiving votes in the NAI preseason coaches poll. Concordia showing their their talent level wins 88 to 52. Uh, some team stats. Concordia really shooting the ball well, 53.3%. Tabor kind of having an off night shows where the mid gap in the, the score would be. Tabor only shooting 31.7%. Uh, Tabor only shooting a little bit over 14%. Three. Concordia shooting 34.6% from the three-point line. Uh, Concordia also wins the rebounding battle by nine over the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays turn the ball over three more times than Concordia. Looking at some key players for Tabor on the day. Looks like Thatcher McClure led the team in scoring 12 points in 17 minutes, also had five rebounds on the day. Uh, Austin Hilton had nine points, another key starter that contributed. Um, rebounding, Marcus Fisher looks like he led the team in rebounding with eight. And the any blocks or steals on the day. Looks like a couple players had steals. Kent Carroll, Cedric Armstrong, uh, James Aboba, David Moss, and Zach Hebert all picking up one steal on the day. Next match I will take a look at is Bellevue at Kansas Wesleyan. Kansas Wesleyan hosting the Kansas Wesleyan Classic this last weekend, and the Coyotes pick up a victory in this one, 78-54 over Bellevue. Some team statistics to take a look at. Kansas Wesleyan shoots the ball better from the field, 55% compared to 36.4% for the Bruins. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan also shoots better from the three-point line, 27.3% compared to only 15.8% for Bellevue. And then Kansas Wesleyan leading the two teams in rebounding, pulling down 39 rebounds compared to 27 for the Bruins. Some key players for Kansas Wesleyan. Looks like... June Murdoch and Alex Littlejohn both lead the team in scoring with 12 points. Uh, Littlejohn also pulls down 15 rebounds for the double-double. Also has a block and a steal in the day, so impactful game from him. Murdoch, his 12 points go along with four assists and three rebounds on the day. Uh, let's see, looks like a couple other players get steals on the day. The Coyotes have seven steals as a team and six blocks as a team, so Good defensive effort there from Kansas Wesleyan. Uh, looking at our next matchup on, actually that would do it for Friday games. Moving on to Saturday, uh, Bethany playing at that Kansas Wesleyan Classic. They take on Bellevue. Bethany wins this one 62 to 60. Bethany jumps out to a three point lead at halftime, able to hold on for the two point win in the end. Looking at some team statistics, Bethany. Shot the ball better of these two teams from the field, 51% compared to 40.4% uh, from the field by Bellevue. But Bellevue does shoot better from the three-point line, 40%. Uh, that's how they're able to keep it close compared to only 16.7% for the Swedes. Bellevue wins the rebounding battle by four. And uh, Bethany able to secure the ball a little bit better. Only 11 turnovers for the Swedes compared to 16 for Bellevue. Looking at some key players for the Swedes. They had three starters in double figures led by Solomon Clayton, who had 24 points in 34 minutes. He was 9 of 13 from the field and 6 of 10 from the free throw line. Also had six assists, uh, six rebounds, excuse me, three assists, four steals, and a block. So great game by him on both the offensive and defensive ends. 
joined in double-digit scoring for the Swedes by uh, Dylan Smith at 13 points and Justin Brookins, who had 10 points on the day for Bethany. Next game we'll take a look at McPherson at Oklahoma Panhandle State. These teams already played in McPherson, but then they have a rematch down Oklahoma Panhandle State. McPherson wins this one 94-77. Uh, looking at some team statistics, Oklahoma Panhandle State shot the ball better, actually, of 47.5% compared to 36.7% for uh, McPherson. Looking at three-point percentage, almost identical. McPherson, uh, 24%. Oklahoma Panhandle State, 23.8%. Rebounds, McPherson leads the two teams by nine. Uh, they had 38 rebounds compared to 29 for the Aggies. McPherson able to secure the ball a little bit better than Oklahoma Panhandle State as well. Aggies with 23 turnovers. McPherson with only 16. Key players on the day for McPherson. Uh, Yanil Vidal led the team in scoring with 24 points in 32 minutes. 5 of 11 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. He's 11 of 12 from the free throw line. So getting to the charity stripe a lot and making it count. Also had two assists, two rebounds, and two steals on the day. Uh, Owen Braxmeyer joined him in double-digit scoring with four, or 15 points. Also pulled on 12 rebounds for a double-double. Uh, Jerome Mabry off the bench, 13 points. And Jameel Hardaway, 10 points off the bench as well. Uh, definitely helped lead to the McPherson victory. Next game we'll take a look at is Bethel. Traveling to Missouri to take on Park. Park wins this one by four, 77 to 73. Bethel actually leading at halftime by one, but then Park uh, jumps out and outscores the Threshers by five in the second half during the four-point victory. Looking at team statistics, teams are relatively close in field goal percentage. Uh, Park 46.9% compared to 45.3% for Bethel. Not a huge gap in three-point percentage either. Park does shoot better from the three-point line, 40% compared to 37% for Bethel. Uh, Park pulling down more rebounds. They pulled down 43 compared to 37 for Bethel. And relatively even on turnovers as well, Bethel only turning the ball over one more time than Park. Again, some key players for the Threshers on the day. Uh, Clifford Bird II, I believe he was KCAC uh, preseason team honoree. 21 points in 37 minutes. He also had four rebounds, three assists, and five steals on the day. Uh, some other double-digit scorers, Bryant McCabe, 15 points on seven and seven rebounds. Uh, also had three assists on the day. And then Carmelo Yakubu, 13 points, seven rebounds, three assists, and two steals on the day. Next game we'll take a look at is Avila taking on Peru State. Peru State wins this one big, 110 to 61. Some team statistics that kind of tell the story. Uh, Peru State shoots over 50% from both the field and three-point line, so it's hard to match up when a team is shooting that well. Peru State 65.6% from the field, 34.7% from the field for, for Avila. Uh, Cougars 54.5% from three-point line compared to 28% for Avila. Peru State also winning the rebounding battle by 15 and the turnover battle. Uh, Peru State only turns over the ball 12 times compared to 18 turnovers for Avila. Some key players on the day for the Eagles include uh, Dante Simpson from the starters. He had 10 points on three of eight shooting. 
Dylan Holloman actually leads the team in scoring off the bench, 14 points in 14 minutes, three of six from the field, one of two from three, seven of eight from the free throw line, and some other good key performances on the day. Looks like Jonathan Cosby had a steal on the day, Adam Barbieri, eight points and a steal on the day. Uh, Neil Elliott gets a block on the day. So a couple defensive standouts there, but hard to match up when you have a Peru State team that's shooting that well. About, about any team would have a tough te- tough time matching up when you have a team shooting uh, over 50% from both the field and from three point. Next game we'll take a look at is Ottawa at the uh, Cattle Classic that Concordia is hosting, taking on the host Concordia. Concordia wins this one by four. Ottawa actually up by four at halftime, but then the Bulldogs outscore the Braves by eight in the second half to earn the victory. Team statistics, Concordia leads the two teams in field goal percentage, 48.2% compared to 46% for Ottawa. Concordia uh, shooting better from three point, 46.4% compared to only 19% for the Braves. Uh, Ottawa did win the turnover battle, though. Only eight turnovers for the Braves compared to 12 for Concordia. Some key players for the Braves on the day. Uh, they had five players in double figures led by Elijah Mason, who had 17 points. Uh, he also had five rebounds on the day. Then DeAndre Bugich, 15 points on the day, two rebounds uh, to go along with that. Then Ty Bland had 14 points off the bench, also had three steals on the day and six rebounds. And Cameron Woods and Ian Moore both scored 10 points on the day to to try to help the Braves there. Next game we'll take a look at, Doan playing Kansas Wesleyan at that Kansas Wesleyan Classic. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan, if I haven't mentioned it yet, receiving votes in the uh, preseason coaches poll. They win this one 70 to 50 over Doan. Some team statistics, Kansas Wesleyan shooting the ball better from the field, 46.6% compared to 29.5% for the Tigers. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan shot better from three as well, 31.8% compared to uh, only a little bit over 16% from three for Doan. Coyotes win their rebounding battle by 17. Uh, Doan actually does better as far as turnovers go. Doan only turned the balls over six times compared to 11 turnovers for Kansas Wesleyan. And again, some key players for Coyotes on the day. They have three double-digit scores. Alex Littlejohn leads the team with 12 points, also pulls down 11 rebounds for the double-double there. Jude Murdoch, 11 points on the day to go along with three assists. And then Thurbiel Bile also gets a double-double on the day, 10 points, pulls down 15 rebounds, uh, also adds two blocks and a steal. Southwestern, number 15 in the preseason coaches poll, took on Benedictine this weekend. Uh, Southwestern gets the win here, 73-61. to Southwestern was down by four at halftime, but outscores Benedictine by 16 in the second half to earn the 12-point victory. Uh, looking at some team statistics, Southwestern shooting better from the field, 41.7% compared to 37.9% for Benedictine. Uh, the Ravens actually shot better from the three-point line, 44% compared to 28.6% for the Mound Builders. Southwestern wins the rebounding and turnover battles as well. Uh, out, out rebounding Benedictine by five and then turning the ball over eight fewer times than the Ravens. 
some key players on the day for Southwestern. Kevin Clark, you'll hear his name a lot. He was a, a preseason all KCAC honoree. 26 points in 36 minutes. Uh, 7 of 17 from the field. 3 of 7 from 3. 9 of 10 from the free throw line. Uh, he was joined in double-digit scoring by Dang Bull. 16 points, 2 steals, 2 assists, and 3 rebounds on the day. Uh, and then Trey Abasolo nearly cracked double-digit uh, scoring as well. He had 9 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal on the day. Last game we'll take a look at is Tabor at Hastings. Don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but Tabor also at that Cal Classic that Concordia is hosting. They take on Hastings. Uh, Broncos win this one 93-72 over the Blue Jays. Hastings outshoots Tabor. Uh, Hastings a really good night, 60.4% from the field compared to 47.2% for Tabor. Kind of like I mentioned with, with Avila taking on Peru State, it's hard to, hard to beat a team, whoever they are, if they're shooting this well. Uh, Hastings also shooting really well from the three-point line, 56.5% for the Broncos compared to 40% for Tabor. And then Hastings out-rebounded Tabor as well by seven. Looking at some key players for the Blue Jays, looks like they had three people in double figures as far as scoring goes. Thatcher McClure leads the team in scoring with 16 points. Uh, Then Zephan Mason off the bench, 13 points in 19 minutes. And Austin Hilton, 12 points on the day as well. That'll do it for our weekend recap and i'll take a look at some upcoming games from the first half of this week looking at some upcoming games early in the week we're talking about monday november 7th through wednesday november 9th on monday we have only one game but it is a good one number four oakland westland travels to springfield to take on evangel who is receiving votes in the nai preseason coaches poll the valor are joining the conference next year as a full member school so it's good to see some of our uh, current 13 members scheduling them this year, kind of get a preview of Evangel and what they look like uh, before they join the conference full-time next year. But that game will tip off at 7 p.m. on Monday. On Tuesday, we have, let's see, five games, all of them, at, or four of them at 7 p.m., and then we have an 8 o'clock game. Uh, Avila is going to travel to uh, Benedictine. That game will be at 7 p.m. Manhattan Christian will take on Kansas Wesleyan, at 7 p.m. Clessier College versus Sterling at 7 p.m. And then York will travel to Hastings. That game also at 7 p.m. And uh, McPherson playing an away game, but not really. They take on Central Christian College there in McPherson. Uh, That game will tip off at 8 on Tuesday. Finally, on Wednesday, we have two games. Friends travels up to Iowa to take on Graceland University. That game will tip off at 3 p.m. And then Ottawa will host Baker that game at seven on Wednesday. So uh, in this non-conference set schedule, some of the games will be on the KCAC network. Some won't. If it's a home game for a KCAC school, you'll see it on the KCAC network. So Manhattan Christian versus Kansas Wesleyan, that one should be on the KCAC network. Ecclesia College against Sterling, that one should be on KCAC digital network. Then Baker at Ottawa should be on the KCAC network as well. For all the rest, uh, check out the uh, team's website for further details on how to catch the game. Well, that'll do it for this episode. We thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes coming out on this feed. Uh, Just 
something to pay attention to this week. Our fall championship season is up in full swing. We had cross country this last weekend. Then we have men's and women's soccer and volleyball tournaments going on this weekend. Uh, the men's and women's soccer tournaments actually kicked off on Friday and Saturday with the quarterfinals, but semifinals and finals this week, semifinals on Wednesday at Striker Sports Complex in Wichita, and the finals will be on Saturday at Striker Sports Complex there in Wichita. And then for volleyball, whole tournament will take place this week on Tuesday. We have the first round uh, that is at home sites of the higher seed in each matchup. And then Friday and Saturday, you'll see the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals all at Hutchinson Sports Arena in Hutchinson, Kansas. So make sure you're paying attention to KCACsports.com and the KCAC Network for those tournament games. But for all of us here at the conference office, we hope you have a great day and a great start to your week. You've been listening to the KCAC Beat. For more information on the KCAC, go to www.kcacsports.com.